January 7th. It was pretty cold for tracting today. We met two Turkish painters this morning, and they were Muslim, yet they had a lot of questions and concerns about what they perceived to be inconsistencies with God's alleged dealings with mankind. We talked with them for about 10 minutes, and when we left, they gave us an old iron crucifix that had been found laying around this old house they were working on. For the sake of good manners, we accepted it, and now we're not sure what to do with it. While we were out testifying, Jason, the guy we met yesterday, drove by and was looking pretty happy. He stopped for a moment and confirmed our appointment for tomorrow night. We were even blessed to get a team up. Quentin, the recent return missionary, is going to go with us. Thank goodness. At the close of our night, we went over to the Bryants. We met their other daughter, and Charlie said that he just had a feeling they were going to see us tonight. He's very into astronomy, philosophy, auto mechanics, and also cigarettes and wine. Oh yes, and guitars. They are definitely people that I want to keep in touch with. They have open minds and are extremely friendly. Something Charlie said was, Every morning that I wake up, I'm amazed that anything exists at all. January 9th. Something that is really funny about Elder Hardy is that he talks about cars all the time. Ever since he talked with his dad on Christmas, he has been talking about what kind of cars he wants to get when he gets home. He's always changing his mind, too. Also, about twice a day, he will say, I don't want to think about it anymore. It doesn't matter. And then two minutes later, he'll get right back into it. He told me that his mind is too jumbled for his own good. I can't help but laugh. Service was fun. It seems that it is a really good way to meet people and publicize the name of the church. We were able to talk with some of the other volunteers about the missionary system during lunch. They always think it's weird that we can only talk on the phone twice a year with our families. We were able to get in touch with George Kepler again today, and he had some time this afternoon. So we went and taught him about the pre-existence, earth life, the spirit world, and the three degrees of glory. Something he said at the end of our discussion was, You guys have an answer for everything. We brought Paul and Nancy Corella a thank you present tonight. I thought that they would appreciate a small gesture of appreciation for all that they do. It really does a lot of people good to attend those Bible studies. Tomorrow is interviews with President Da. We're going to be driving all the way up to Eatontown for it. I'm really tired and I need to go to sleep. January 10th. 2003. There was a zone meeting in Eatontown today with President Da. He was concerned because two elders were sent home last week, and he told us that it was our fault. I don't even know who they were, but President's point was that we all have responsibility over one another. If someone falls, not only is it their fault, but also the fault of those who were around them. He brought up another question which has somewhat been on my mind over the past months. 
and it has to do with our speaking by the power of the Holy Ghost. His question was, How often do you speak by the power of the Holy Ghost? I have often wondered how it is that we can speak by the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe that part of it must be that you are truly sincere with what you're saying. The Spirit will not cause you to say anything that is not true either. I really need to do some more studying and prayer on that topic. Before President interviewed me, he asked me to give the opening prayer. When I finished, he chastened me for not giving a prayer he wanted. I didn't mention some of the things that we have been asked to mention in all the prayers we give, which were that we are to ask God to lead us to families and that we may reach the goal we have to baptize 300 people this year. I guess I have a lot of things that I need to work on. We need some. We did some tracting before going over to Brother and Sister Carrera's house. They are moving to Freehold Ward this week, and we were helping them move some furniture outside for their yard sale tomorrow. They fed us pizza, so it wasn't a bad deal. Correlation over at Brother Barton's was fun, and we were able to get a few things squared away. He's a great ward mission leader and really wants to get involved with everything. January 11th. The Spanish elders teamed up with us this morning because we had an appointment to meet with Jeffrey and his family. Elder Woods went with me, and Elder Nielsen was with Elder Hardy. They went to Brother Emmett's house, so Elder Nielsen could talk Spanish to his wife. The appointment fell through, though, however. One thing I've really grown to appreciate out here is my upbringing. My parents were very good to me, and I grew up in a clean environment. Elder Hardy and I saw the saddest-looking trailer today. I couldn't believe that anyone lived there at all. It makes me want to be sure to get an education so that I don't end up in the same situation. It was our third time meeting with Jason and Brian today. Jason totaled his girlfriend's new car last night and his landlord is threatening to throw them out tomorrow morning if he doesn't get $100 from them tonight. Both of their parents refused to help them out, and so they were very much in trouble. Jason recently got a job for a flooring place, but he won't get a paycheck until next Friday. As I sat there and listened to them, I really didn't know what to do for them. The words of King Benjamin then entered into my heart. Are we not all beggars before God? And after all this, if you give not of your substance to the needy, Elder Hardy and I talked amongst ourselves and came to the conclusion that they needed our money more than we did. Elder Hardy has a purple box that he has kept all his money since he was four and a half months out. He had saved $700 for a computer, but he cut open the box and took out $100 to give to Jason and Brian to stop their landlord from kicking them out of the apartment. So we told them that we had to leave and that we'd be back in a few minutes. We grabbed a two-foot Wawa sandwich and some mint chocolate chip ice cream on the way as well. We came back with the food and ate with them, and then right before we left, we gave them the money. Brian was shocked beyond all measure and Jason didn't quite know what to say either. I feel very good about doing that.
and am grateful that the Lord gave us that opportunity to serve. Quentin Shaw should be picking them up for church this morning, and I just pray that the ward will receive them with arms wide open. January 12. Church is always such a privilege and blessing. Jason and Brian made it to church, which was great. The Lord is really pouring out blessings. He's good at it, too. Jason was really fidgety, though, and he got up and left for half of sacrament meeting and the other classes as well. Brian really liked it, though. He seems to be the more spiritual of the two. We went over to their house for lunch and talked with them a bit. We'll go and see them again in a couple of days. We met a less active family today. They have seven kids in the family and are living in a motel right now. He is excommunicated and unemployed, and the mom works. They are basically homeless. It really just goes to show how much I have been blessed with. Seeing them in that situation really makes me feel bad for them. I long for the day of gladness when Jesus shall come again, and the law of consecration will be in place. Then everyone will be on the same level. We really are all on the same level. It's just that outwardly we are much different in this materialistic world. January 13th. There are always a lot of goodies at the volunteer office where we do service. Lots of chocolate and donuts and other junk food. I've put on some flab within the last three and a half weeks that I've been here in Tom's River. It's been a while since I did any push-ups also. There's mostly older volunteers where we do service, but there are also a couple younger people who come in for a few minutes while we were there as well. Looking back on today, I realize that I missed an opportunity to share the gospel with one of the young ladies. We had seen her a couple times before, and she came over to the table where we were putting some pamphlets together and started helping us. We talked with her somewhat about her schooling and future plans and so forth, and came to see that she was a very nice person. My little proselyting bag was sitting right next to her, and I thought to myself, she's sitting 12 inches away from the words of eternal life. But I didn't act on it. I really don't have any explanation for my idleness. And as I look back on the conversation, I remember her saying that today was her last day volunteering there. I'm so lame. This morning I prayed that we would take the opportunities to share the gospel as they presented themselves at service. And I didn't act when the Lord put one of his precious daughters in our path. I seriously need to repent of my severe neglect. I could have so easily given her a book of Mormon and a family proclamation, and I truly believe she would have gladly accepted both. I feel terrible. I feel terrible for not sharing what I know with one of my sisters. George is a real character for being 75 years old. We taught him more in detail about the war in heaven and about the spirit world. When we were through with the discussion, he thanked us and said, you have no idea how grateful I am that you came by to tell me these things. I know that he listens to us for the intent to believe, which is important to me. 
I don't like telling people about the church solely for the purpose of their mere intellectual education. We met with brother and sister Adams tonight for about an hour, and she basically talked the entire time. It was definitely worthwhile conversation, however, and she told us about how she joined the church. She had been studying with the Jehovah's Witnesses for a while and wanted to be baptized there but they told her she wasn't ready for it yet. So she sincerely prayed to God that he would bring to her the knowledge of the right place for her to be. She specifically said to Heavenly Father that she wasn't going to look around anymore because she had already done that. It was three days later when the elders came by. She was very intrigued with the Book of Mormon. And at first was seeing if she could find fault with it. She soon learned, however, that it was truly another testament of Jesus Christ. And she was baptized. There are so many stories like that, so many personal testimonies of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. I testify that it is the everlasting Word of God. It is so very powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. We also saw Brian and Jason today for a few minutes. Jason's countenance was much better than it was yesterday. Apparently, she isn't so terribly mad at him for wrecking her car after all. And so that made him feel a lot better. Oh, the she I mentioned above is his girlfriend. We read out of 3 Nephi 11 with them, and Brian picks up a lot more than Jason does. So it's going to be slow going for him, I believe. Slow for Jason, that is. Brian may be physically blind, but he's certainly not spiritually blind. And spiritual eyes are much more important than physical eyes. January 16th. We found out yesterday that Brian and Jason are on heroin, which is the most addictive and more destructive drugs. Brian was scratching himself really bad, and I told him that my skin itches sometimes when it gets dried out, so I put on lotion. He then pulled me to the side and told me that they both have a heroin problem. He also said not to let Jason know that I knew. So yeah, this could be really challenging. It explains why they never have any money, and why their parents aren't willing to help them out either. Satan wants to destroy us all, and he'll do it any way he possibly can. Something I ate at the hospital didn't sit with me very favorably, and it caused me to have to lay down for an hour and a half later on the, in the afternoon. However, directly after service, we teamed up with Brother Handley, and we did some home teaching. We saw Sister Jessie Anderson, and also Brother and Sister March. They're an older couple, and he thinks he's a general authority, and always goes off about Cain and Abel. He was also talking about the general authorities and said, Well, when you're as close to Kolob as they are, I think it's a neat little phrase. The Bryant family is great, but they're not progressing at all. Maybe we're not being aggressive enough. Uh, they're basically happy people, though. Talking about God is like a hobby for Charlie. It seems if we're going to get anywhere, 
Chuck seems to be the most receptive. He's their son who's in his mid-twenties. We need to give him his own copy of the Book of Mormon and commit him to read it. This Bible study is proving to be a really neat place to meet people. There was a fellow who came today named Pete, and two of the other missionaries in the district saw him and his wife and newborn a couple of weeks ago. He was excited to see us and said he wants the elders to go back by his place again. I gave him a family proclamation as we were leaving. It's just amazing to see how the Lord puts people on our paths. I know that he directs this work. January 19th. Sacrament meeting was very uplifting. Kelly Britton gave a talk about the sacrament. And it was terrific. She's been a member for about two years. And has us over for dinner every now and again. She lives with her father and stepmother. Prior to the meeting, I walked over to a young couple who I didn't know and introduced myself. His name is Tom Plant, and she is Dana Kennedy. He's a member, and he introduced her as a prospective member, and she certainly didn't object to being referred to as such. They have been dating for about eight months, and she wants to learn more about the church. The Spirit speaks very strongly to me that she will be baptized in a great strength to the church and to Tom. What a delightful couple they are. We plan to teach her over at his parents' house. I foresee it to be a great blessing. Tracting today was more fruitful than it has been in the last three weeks, it seems. We were retracting Morris Avenue and found a couple of good contacts. A great family of six. We will be seeing them tomorrow night. And we found a friendly bachelor named Stephen. He was drunk but invited us in. It sure was warmer in his place than outside. January 21st. I left my blue proselyting bag at the hospital yesterday, and we tried to go back and get it today, but it was gone. Hopefully someone is benefiting from the contents. We walked on the bay today. That's right, we walked on water, about 30 feet out from the shore. The bay being frozen had a little something to do with it, but we walked on water just the same. Through speaking with Brian and Jason, I've come to be scared to death of drugs. Brian was talking about being addicted to heroin and weed and cigarettes, and their lives are controlled by the drugs. I don't know what we can do for them. I really don't. Of course, only God can pull them out of this one. We met with Ed today. He's a 16-year-old member of the church whose family is inactive. One of his sisters works at an adult club. It's difficult to see one of God's children be in a situation like that. But anyway, Ed has friends that are trying to get him to convert to be a born-again Christian. We had a good talk with him about the church, and I could tell that he benefited from having us around. Robert is really starting to get on my nerves. All he does to learn about the church is study anti and then ask us about everything. It's really a shame to see the way Robert is approaching the church, but it certainly has increased my testimony of the truthfulness of the church. 
I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the only true church on earth. We are God's covenant people, and anyone who desires to know the truth and is willing to act on it is invited to join the fold. Christ leads and directs this work. I know that these things are true by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. January 30th. It's been a while since I've written in here because I have not been in very high spirits. The best way to describe it is that I have basically been running on fumes. However, I realize now that I had been filling up somewhat with the wrong fuel, and it had been scarce as of late. I had been feeling very depressed because I haven't heard from E for over a month. I was totally feeling rejected and just wondering why she hadn't written me back. It's definitely been affecting my mood and my level of productivity. The Lord has helped me to get out of this rut, however, and has shown me what I must do to stay out of it. My problem is that I had been putting my trust in the arm of flesh. As perfect as I perceive the girl of my dreams to be, she still isn't God, who is all-powerful, flawless, ever-mindful, and completely providing every want and need. If my self-worth is based on anyone or anything before what God thinks and what He can do for me through my faith, then I'm going to be let down, without question. It has happened to me so many times in my life. I have been relying on women to make me happy for five years now, and they do fail. Some not nearly as often as others, but they all have flaws and cannot make me happy all the time. These last three months of my mission service could very well be the most memorable, and the memories will either be, I wish I had, or I'm glad I did. In order to make the most of my time out here, I need to exercise my faith in God and not in the hope that E will write me every week. Now, in all honesty, she has been a very big support to me out here, but lately I have been relying on her too much. Way too much. What has been troubling my mind is that I have felt I'm going to lose E, that she'll find someone else, or that she'll not be interested in me anymore. And the thought of it has been breaking my heart. But now I realize that if I do my best to magnify my calling unto the Lord, then he will bless me with my future queen and eternal companion, whether it be E or someone else. My greatest desire for my future wife is that she will be totally and completely in love and committed to me. I know that if I am faithful, God will bless me beyond that which I could possibly hope for. So now is the time to step up things in my service, to become more concerned for other people, and to do everything within my power to help build the kingdom of God by allowing Him to use me as an instrument in His hands. Satan wants me to give up, but I will not back down in the cause of everlasting truth. I'm stronger than that, for I have the Lord Jesus Christ on my side. So come what may, 
I will be valiant in the cause of Christ, for he is the only sure foundation whereon I may build. I know what he has done for me. Because of him, I can be turned away from my sinfulness. And this brings true happiness. February 2nd, 2003. My heart is filled with gratitude for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What a living and vibrant people are the Lord's. I was blown away by the heartfelt testimonies and fast and testimony meeting today. Sister Wolf and Sister Hickenlooper brought a lady to church named Donna and her two little daughters. The Spirit tells me that she is prepared. I could see it in her eyes. We went over to see young brother Eddie this afternoon. He's a 16-year-old who is unordained and his family is inactive. He wants to know more about the church and to get more involved. We're going to get the young men's leaders involved so that there can be a strong connection between the ward and him before we have to leave. The Stewarts are such an awesome family. They had us over for dinner today, and it was just so great to be around some strong LDS people. Both the parents serve missions, and they have eight children. We talk somewhat with them about a family that they want to introduce to the church. The best thing to do is to be natural about sharing the gospel with people. The Bible study that we attended at Paul Carella's home has certainly turned out to be a great place to make contact with people. I'm convinced that everyone who comes to that study will invite the elders into their home when they meet them. February 9th, 2003. A lot has happened in the last week. We moved apartments. And I'm really enjoying this new place. We're five miles west of where we were. And it puts us right next to pretty much everything we will ever need as far as stores, library, church, etc. It snowed six inches the other day and we managed to get ourselves into a snowball fight with a few of the younger kids in the complex. I'd like to say that it was a tie, but I think they probably won. Money is really tight these days. I spent some money on E for a Valentine's Day present, and that set me back a bit, especially since I was trying to make up for not sending anything for Christmas. Oops. It's so odd that I only have two and a half months left to serve out here. I'm looking back right now to the days when I was first out here, and it seems so long ago. The MTC seems like ages ago. But then when I realize how little time remains, I wonder where all the time went. It will be hard to leave this place. Sister Da called up asking for my zip code. Apparently there is a family who wants to send my parents a letter saying how much they enjoyed having me around. That was a really wonderful pick-me-up. It really is nice to know that people care. February 10th. We went to do service this morning, and there weren't as many volunteers because of the snowstorm. We delivered some mail to a lady who, had, who we had delivered flowers to last week, and she was just as perky as before. I would definitely say that this particular lady was more upbeat than all the nurses, and she's the one who's supposed to be sick. It just goes to show that we can always have a smile on our face, regardless of the situation. 
We didn't find anyone new while we were testifying today, but it felt great to bear my testimony when occasion would permit. After one particular door, Elder Hardy asked me, You used to be a telemarketer, right? After I answered in the affirmative, he replied, That's what I thought. Because that guy said no like four times and you just kept on talking. The way I look at things, however, is that God has kept on calling after me, even when I didn't seem to be listening. I can't back down easy, and it's for the benefit of the people. We talked to Robert again today, and I think that we finally, with the Lord's help, of course, were able to hit things home in regard to the apostasy and restoration. February 16th. Today is a very monumental day in Bryce Kyle Peterson history. It was precisely two years ago that I broke up with my high school girlfriend. We were in the Texas Roadhouse restaurant at the time. Robert came to church today. He stayed for sacrament meeting, and that's all there was anyway because of the big snowstorm that was due to come through and still is coming through. One thing that really irritated me about the meeting was that these two people just spoke about a bunch of irrelevant hogwash in regard to emergency preparedness. In a sacrament meeting setting, the topic should have been applied to spiritual preparedness, but that wasn't addressed at all. People really need to take the opportunity to speak in meetings a lot more serious and seek to spiritually uplift those in attendance. Don't get up there and blab about your life history for crying out loud. After church, the cars were to be grounded, so we ended up walking back to the church to meet Robert at three. On our way, a young man pulled over and gave us a holler asking to give us a ride. We sure weren't about to turn him down. We found out that he was 20 years old and has a wife and a two-year-old child. They have been together since he was 14 and she was 13. For some reason, I was really close to not inviting him to hear the discussions. But the Lord helped me along and I invited him. I could sense so much potential in his young family. I feel in my heart right now that they will be sealed in the temple. His name is Bo and we exchanged phone numbers. He said Saturday night would be good. It was definitely a divine rendezvous. The Bartons fed us dinner, and he drove us back to the apartment. There is so much snow outside that it's absolutely ridiculous to be out in it. So Elder Hardy made a chessboard, and we played two games. I wasted him the first game, and then he beat me the second game. It was fun. The cars are definitely going to be grounded tomorrow. It's President's Day, though, and so everyone is going to be home. It will be a really good day to find people at home so we can teach them about the beautiful things in life. 